Welcome to Sport Faith Life. I'm Chad Carlson. And I'm Brian Bolt. We're two guys from rival schools who came together with one common purpose, to think deeply about sport and faith. We're sports scholars, we're coaches, and we're competitive athletes, or at least we were. And together, we've created Sport Faith Life, a conversation that meets at the intersection of sport and faith. Ever wonder if Jesus played sports? Well, we do too. For these next six episodes on the Sport Faith Life podcast, Chad and I play with the idea of Jesus playing sports. We pick six sports to explore one at a time, asking ourselves, what about the sport speaks to humanity in unique ways? What are the goods inherent in the sport? We do bring a caution or two, but mainly we celebrate sport by imagining Jesus in uniform. So let's get started. Brian, are you ready? Am I ready for what, Chad? For the gun show. Oh, ouch. Seriously? This yeah, is where that, you're coming from? The gun that, show? That's the intro. I'm, I'm trying to sort of like in a, in a cute way, like get people thinking about what it might be without like telling them and yeah, maybe have an idea what this fourth topic will be for, for this mini series. Well, I think it's, it may be out there now. I guess, I guess they have a couple of options um, and they're picturing you right now. They're picturing <laughs> The Sad Carlson gun show. Flexing. Yeah. No, it is not marksmanship, folks. It's something something else. It is not the actual gun show. It is Chad Carlson's biceps, and we'll see what we can do to tease them out during this podcast. We are, we are uh, on our fourth sport in this series, Would Jesus Play? And so we ask ourselves the question, would Jesus play a particular sport? In this case, uh, we are going to discuss the sport of powerlifting. Previously, we had spent some time in team sports and individual sports. This is um, probably new terrain for you, Chad, uh, certainly for me. What's that, what's that supposed to mean? Well, I, here I am assuming things about you again. Um, maybe you're in your, your uh, rest cycle, possibly. Yeah. You're, not, you're not bulking at this it's point. 40 year, 40 year rest cycle. 40 year rest cycle. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so powerlifting for us, and uh, had to do a little bit of research on this one. It's going to be fun. To, uh, if you uh, need a little update, the way we do this is Chad and I both come up with uh, three reasons why Jesus would participate in a particular sport. And then we each think of one reason why maybe Jesus would take a pass on this and not participate in the sport. All right, so... Let's just jump in and get started, see if we've got some good reasons. Uh, would you like to go first? Sure. Yeah, I'll go first. Take it away. Okay. I'll say before I give my first reason, let me preface it with this. If you just sort of uh, passed me on the street and, and asked me sort of point blank, do you think Jesus would participate in powerlifting? I'd probably say no. If I had a, you know, if I had to answer one way or the other, I, I would say no. But I, you know, for the sake of this conversation, I do think there are um, some arguments to be made for the yes side. And that's, that's what we're doing here. But I, I wanted to preface this by saying, I think that would be maybe my, my first answer. So, but anyways, my, my first argument for why Jesus uh, might participate in powerlifting has to do with first Timothy four, verse eight. The verse says this for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. Um, there's a number of ways you could go theologically describing or thinking about this particular verse. And it's well known to those who love sport and Christianity. Um, but th there's something 
there that says, hey, there's some value in physical training, right? It's not godliness, but uh, there's some value there. And it do- what it doesn't say is don't go to the gym. Um, it says, hey, physical training is of some value. And I realize that it's sort of an analogy for, you know, we, we train and that's how we become godly. Godliness is the, the really what we're after. I 100% understand that. But I think there's some space there for physical training. It's of some some value. Okay, so that's that's a that's a weak first argument, but it's it's one that I think deserves a little bit of uh, of, of discussion and, and thought. Yeah, I don't apologize for it. It's one that, um, as you said, if you are involved in physical activity or sport, eventually, if you're looking for a proof text of anything, you're gonna you're gonna arrive at Timothy, right? You're going to arrive at that particular verse. And it's interesting that we, many people will take that as uh, affirmation when it's really just a relativization of uh, that physical draining. Uh, uh, But um, like you said, um, that's the value of theology to try to extract something there and try to figure out what's really going on. And and it's clear that there is, it does say it is of some value. That's fantastic. We're going to cling to that. We're that's right. It's like your wife <laughs> said. Sport has some value. You know, Chad, you're of some value to me. That's some fantastic. Value. Yeah, that's right. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it exactly. Right. We're going to take that and run. So that's fantastic. And I don't. Yeah. I um, I think you you jumped ahead and said you know if asked on the street Jesus, it, would Jesus participate in powerlifting. Uh, your answer would be no. I don't. I don't know. I, let's get to the end of this and find out. Let's see if uh, possibly you know maybe Jesus would do this. And I'm going to start with my uh, kind of lowest hanging fruit as well. You took you kind of took the one that um, you know you the lowest probably, of the low. Yeah. Well, you could apply it to a lot of different sports, yep, probably sure. right. So, sure. so I'm going to go just blatantly obvious, and I'm going to refer to our our friend, the judge, Samson. I mean, Samson, Samson is still one of my favorite biblical characters, but there are some aspects. I mean, Samson is, is definitely a round character, but he is known for one thing. He is known for his super strength. And that super strength was employed in a number of different ways, employed for good in a number of different ways, employed for destruction, really, in a number of different ways, but also employed for show, which was really interesting. Right. There were moments when, hey, tie me up and let's test. Let's see if I can get out of this. And then maybe tie me with new cords, new ropes, and let's see if I can get out of this. Almost like it was uh, behind the curtain, uh, pay your ticket, pay for your ticket and come in and see the strong man. And so this particular sport includes a very showy element, a moment of just superior strength. And uh, Jesus, uh, I can't really see him doing it, but but Samson did, right? And uh, th- there's got to be a little bit of a connection there that I think it's just, it's just kind of interesting. So, uh, you know, ultimately, the uh, one of the most intriguing parts to me of the Samson story is the way it ended and how he... Um, was true to himself or was allowed to be true to himself in his final moment. In his final moment, there was, there was an act to do. And that act was built on that strength, that strength that, that was God given. It was a fi- maybe a final acknowledgement that God gave that strength. Uh, and so uh, 
just like with all of our really flawed biblical characters, there's there's some beauty and some, um, I think, some wisdom to decipher from their stories, from their life, and certainly some application for all of us. So I'm going to go with Samson and his showy strength. You know, Jesus is the ultimate rabbi, right? And we've talked about this earlier, that he he knew his his history, right? So he he would have been familiar with all of this. And, and as as the rabbi, as the, the student of of the history of, of his people, um, it seems as though he would have he would have known the story well. He would have been able to appreciate uh, it and put it into context and made sense of it in, in ways that we uh, only only try. And you're right. There's some showy aspects to it, and that's a part of the story, right? That's a part of it. And it's definitely a part of it, yeah. There's something that's alluring about that. I, I never really got the sense that, you know, especially that last that last event, right? So so pushing over the, the pillars and, and killing, you know, a thousand. Um, it, it does, it, there's nothing, there doesn't appear to be anything self-serving about that. So I think, right, there's a display of the showiness, but it's the showiness for the spectacle. And if it's done in the service of, of God, you know, that's that seems to be endearing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that to me, you know, as I got into that story, it, it, it made some sense to try to draw that parallel and we may be stretching just a little bit there, but that's kind of the fun of this exercise. I'll, I'll move on to my second one, yeah. which is a little less, sure. yeah, uh, a little less, I think specific. Uh, I'm going to make more of a, a larger point on this one. And when we think of powerlifting, it is, you know, just such a, clearly physical act right it is this it is this show of what the human body is capable of and you know i don't want to go back and unpack all of the difficulties of um the early church and and really things we continue to struggle with but there's this this concept of dualism this concept that we are mind and body or or soul and body and uh it's tempting to separate our physical selves from the rest of us, from who we are. And if we go to old, both the Old Testament and New Testament words that refer to the person, that refer to the self, it continually brings those pieces together and, and it continually involves the physical. It involves the human bodies, these jars of clay that we live in. And I'm always appreciative when we can find ways to be reminded of that, that we were born to have bodies, right? We, we are bodily creatures. We are in a time and we're in a place. And as we think about our, how we're created, how we'll be, we've been redeemed, and how ultimately uh, we anticipate the world changing when Jesus returns, it will be heaven coming to earth and we can anticipate some physical form, even Jesus himself returned in physical form. Here, Thomas, touch my wounds. So this kind of embodiment, I'm going to sort of tip to in this, in this uh, particular sport. And I would say just the value of physicality or physical work. So, you know, there are, there are lots of different, you know, descriptions of physical work in, in the Old Testament and New Testament. Right out of the gate, uh, Adam was to care for the garden. Adam and Eve were to care for the garden. And, and you know, we have brickmakers and we have, uh, you know, artisans. We have people that were craftsmen, uh, people that were builders. Uh, the sort of physical labor, fishing, for sure, is a, is a very physical labor. that, re- And all of them require a certain strength. 
a specific strength. And powerlifting is all about developing a specific strength a specific kind of strength. And so uh, kind of preparing yourself for that, preparing yourself for your craft, whatever that is, that's uh, that's the parallel I'm drawing on this particular one. And I can imagine Jesus also. Jesus was, was thought to be a carpenter, maybe a stonemason. Uh, so he had to prepare himself as well for that just sort of physical, the grueling aspect, the strenuous acts, aspect of physical labor. Mm. I like it. Brian, you were you, you got you got deep. That was wide. I mean, you, you think about um, one from Samson, which is a very specific <laughs> story about like yeah. the quintessential biblical strongman. To to this, talking about you know dualism and uh, corporealism and all that, that, that embodiment. This that, that's good. I, I like that. I think that speaks to who we are as well. And you're right. You know, so often we think of our bodies as having ourselves as having a body and a mind composed of those two things and they're separate and when we do so especially in education the field where you and i work you know we we tend to value the mind over the body and and yet engaging in uh in, in powerlifting is certainly a, a really good way to uh, to remind ourselves of the importance of our embodiment so i i really like that that's good yeah thank okay you. so I'm up, what's I'm up your what's second your second one yeah yeah mine is a little bit it's less a uh, uh, bibliocentric, I would say, and, and potentially a little bit deeper, uh, potentially not, I guess. But um, so my, my second one is, I, I think if Jesus is going to engage in power lifting, I actually, I'm going I'm to broaden this a little bit. So, so power lifting, I, as a sport, I, I think, you know, involves like the Olympic lifts, right? So I think about like hang, uh, power cleans, power snatch, or hang clean, hang snatch, deadlift. Um, I, I guess I, I oftentimes in my mind group in um, squats and, and bench press, there are sort of five like standard, uh, you know, the central activities of, of powerlifting. I actually think Jesus would focus on the core. <laughs> okay. And that would be the reason. I, I think when we're th- whenever I think about Jesus and the ways in which he presented his thoughts and ideas or, or modeled himself to others, you know, he always kept the main thing, the main thing, right? He never strayed from from that message as deep and robust and, and hard to understand, especially for his disciples, as that message was, there was a, a focus on the core. I think Jesus understands the importance of the core, right? What's the core? Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's something about that. So I see as a parallel, like if we're going to understand our, our bodies and our physicality, our embodiment as being important, uh, it, it's it, it's the core that sort of holds all things together. And I think there's something about like um, strengthening one's core. And again, I realize that, that that isn't something that is focused on in the, in the power lifts, like the events in the powerlifting and powerlifting as a sport. But it seems like strengthening of the core is, is so important. And athletes understand that of, of all different sports as they're training. I think powerlifters understand that as well. It's so important to have a strong core. I think Jesus would have epitomized that. Uh, maybe even would have had a six pack. I, I, I don't know. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I do think um, I, I like where you're going with that. You're talking about the core of the body and, mm-hmm. and really in some ways uh, sort of the core of faith, just the idea that centrality and, you know, a power lifter, that is, that is sort of a subtle aspect. It is not, Described, in fact, um, power lifters just by the sheer mass that they often have and need to have, uh, you don't see a lot of six packs on on power lifters, right? They 
tend to, to want a, a larger center, a larger center of gravity and core. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's usually a little bit of a padding, so to speak, on, on that six-pack. But I do think uh, the centrality of it is extremely important in all physical activity, and it's always behind the scenes. There's just never a focus or a feature. Nobody flexes necessarily. The gun show is not about the core. Uh, it is it is somewhat behind the scenes, but so foundational to success, right? In in any activity, um, the strength between kind of your your thigh and your shoulders is is extremely important. And so, I think uh, the idea that Jesus would would know this and would center and and train properly in such a way to be able to bring out the most success or or stabilize in such a way to bring that success. I, I think there's something there. Maybe I'm not following exactly, but I, I think uh, I like the way you use the word core. I'll, I'll take that. There's something at the core of, that's right. of what I said. Yes, that's, and that's exactly <laughs> what I mean by that. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's something there. There right? is something at the core of what you said. I think I was nibbling around the edges. I'm not sure I quite <laughs> got to the core. I didn't get to the center of that Tootsie Pop. So keep the main thing, the main thing. That's the, there, uh, okay. Yeah, I like yeah. it. That's a and good that, there's summary. There's something about that being a core. Yeah. There's a good summary. I'm going to, I'm going to actually going to build right from that okay. uh, for my third one. Uh, so what I really appreciate about the moment or the moments of po- powerlifting is to do a single lift, right? Of the most amount. Now you get multiple opportunities and there are a few different lifts, but uh, that one moment is to, to load the bar and you have to bring it in that one single moment. And just, I'm going to use the word, not the word core, but I'm going to use the word centering. When you think about what it takes to do this one thing really well, it feels like a physical activity, but it's an amazingly complex uh, preparation. When you're thinking about lifting something you've really never lifted before, a weight that perhaps you've never lifted before, you have to bring all of your emotional energy, all of your intellectual energy. You have to find a way to center and bring it all down. In sports psychology, we call this really in many ways psychological skills. Uh, And there are ways to train these psychological skills to integrate with your physical movements to make this all come alive in the final moment. So it's working on concentration. It's doing imagery ahead of time. It's setting particular goals. It's uh, getting your place to a place of positivity. I can actually do this, right? There, there's some self-convincing, maybe self-delusion one way or along the way. There's pain management. There's a lot of pain and to be able to, to handle that pain. And I think of Jesus on the cross. I think of the path that he took to get to the cross, the amount of centering he had to do, the amount of reminding himself of the larger picture he had to do. There had to be intellectual moments where he was feeling weak, emotional moments where he was feeling weak, where he had to bring every single capacity he had together to be able to walk through this. And we know from the Garden of Gethsemane, he it didn't use some sort of supernatural strength to not feel the pain, right? He said, let this cup pass from me. I really, I, I, I am burdened by the thought of going through this. And so from the moment of just the, the interrogation to the torture, uh, 
to being nailed on the cross, and then to be able to love his enemies, his torturers in the midst of that, that's such a, uh, an act of grace and centering, of being so focused on his God and his mission that it's something that we, we can't even fathom. We can't even fathom. Um, and so it, it's, a, it's a somewhat weak parallel, but that's what a power lifter needs to bring to the moment. They need to bring that level of integration of all of their faculties to be able to, to do this sort of what feels like a supernatural feat. There you go. You know what I often think of when I think about like the cross physically, this is where my mind goes, this is me wallowing in the mud of mundanity is, um, I don't even know if mundanity is a word, but you know, what would have to be nailed up on a cross, you know, how do you, how do you find, you know, like usually when we're uncomfortable or in pain, we do all we can to alleviate that pain. You know, what, what do you do? What do you, what are you even capable of doing there? And, and the amount of like how, how, how much you would have to be centered to be able to even, you know, even, even take breaths to even, even say anything, you know, uh, it is finished that, that sort of thing. Um, I, it just seems like such, such a, a vast experience, such a grand experience, grand meaning it's so big. It is so, uh, you know, transcendent. That's, that's kind of what I think about, but you talking about the moment, um, and the integration of all one's faculties, it seems like, you know, being nailed to a cross, would would make it as difficult as possible to be able to integrate any faculties or use any faculties period just think of how we're distracted by pain in just such a small way you know we tweak our back and that's all we can think about all day long you get a paper cut and you're annoyed all day long we are distracted by pain right and and to be able to stay focused on the mission the purpose uh in that time it's just a it, it's an amazing physical feat um, or human feat uh, without adding the weight of the world or the weight of sin on top of it. So yeah, the, yeah, the literal yeah. weight of the world. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, okay. So thanks for sharing that, Brian. I, I probably would, if we had more time, I'd, I'd probe and probe and probe about, about some of these, uh, these deeper um, reasons, two and three. Those are great. Those are awesome. Um, let me share my third. Sure. So um, I'm, I'm getting back to the Bible uh, a little bit, and and let me let me do so in a way that I think uh, continues with some of the conversations we've had already today. Uh, the prayer called the Shema, Deuteronomy six four and five, I'm focusing on right now. It talks about loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. So these three things are listed in the Shema. So one of three things is your might. And when I think of might, I certainly think of like uh, strength, not necessarily just physical strength, but I think when we think of like, um, you know, the mighty warrior or mighty mouse or whatever, we think of physical, you know, physical strength is certainly a part of that possibly. So might, but I think there's also something to be said for um, the fact that our heart is a muscle also. And when we're thinking about powerlifting, we're thinking about strengthening muscles and much of the work that we do even in you know strength training powerlifting that sort of thing helps those you know cardiac muscles in certain ways we're focusing on our muscle on our skeletal muscles of course um, but in any training we do the heart as a muscle um, grows in strength 
And so uh, the Shema, to me, is a reminder that we are to uh, to build on all of our faculties, right? To be able to build on all of those things, to be strong, to be mighty for uh, mighty in ways that we love our God, but to be mighty, uh, you know, like like Samson, for instance, is maybe a great example of someone who was mighty in, in physical strength uh, and and loved his God. At, of course, at times. Um, through that. And so I think there's a way that we're getting at sort of your whole being that you can love God with your whole being. And to talk about might makes us think that it's important to have might. What's one way to obtain might? If you don't think you have it, get in the weight room, lift (laughs) some weight, lift some bars, take take some dumbbells, some kettlebells, whatever else, and, uh, and start strength training. So that's it. Heart is a muscle and using heart, soul, and might. You know, the, the idea that might uh, it can be oriented toward love is is a unique thought, right? We don't we don't think of it necessarily that way. In fact, our first thought is not about love very often. We think about might in in maybe hate sorts of ways, right? In defense sorts of ways. But to think that that there is an orientation, a maybe a purpose built into that might that is um, set up to love God. Uh, I think that's a, uh, first, I love it. I love the combination of different, I mean, skeletal muscles and a cardiac muscle um, all sort of coming together. This idea that everything we're doing is actually um, building the size and efficiency of the muscles that we have um, in the love and service of our God. Uh, an interesting, a really um, kind of deep application. I, I really like it, Chad. Nicely done. You saved the best for last. Chad. Nice. Yeah. No, I, you knew it, right? That's good stuff. I really like that. I, and again, I think that, um, you know, we started out thinking maybe powerlifting, Jesus just wouldn't be involved in powerlifting, but now this might be. I'm sure he was out hey. behind the behind the shelter, you know. Uh, yeah, picking up heavy rocks, right? A From small the temple bowl. that he knocked over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. So we we usually at this time we we try to you know knock a little hole in in the high quality of our our theology and see if there's a way that um, we can think about the sport differently. Maybe consider that you know what Jesus would would be critical and decide that this sport would not be the thing that he would spend his time on. Uh, did you come up with one or two? I, I, I did. This was easy. Okay. Um, I assume you have one too. So I'll, I I'll, do. Uh, I'll share mine first here. Um, and, and honestly, I'm a little bit surprised that, so I had listed, I had a couple of extra like reasons why Jesus would uh, uh-huh. power lift. And, and I, I didn't mention those. Obviously we're just doing three, but I just assumed you were going to mention um, the body as a temple. And neither one ah. has said that, right? That seems like kind of an obvious, like biblical connection there. And neither one has talked about it. But the reason I mention that now is, is because I think when we think of building up our bodies as temples, we oftentimes are prone to narcissism. And I think that's especially prevalent in the world of powerlifting. Of course, that's very prevalent in bodybuilding. Really, any sort of strength training oftentimes has extrinsic ends, which is, you know, which, which, yeah. In ways that we like how we look, we we want to look at ourselves, and that's the reason why so many weight rooms have wall-to-wall mirrors, right? So that you can look at yourself and look at your muscles flexing and extending while you're working out. 
And I, I, I just, uh, it, this is certainly isn't the case of all gyms. Not all gyms have mirrors on every wall, but uh, I do think that one of the draws to people for strength training and specifically getting towards, you know, the Olympic lifts, um, is, is that it's, it's sort of, it's emblematic of us having very mighty bodies that we also like to look at, especially when they're in motion, doing those things that allow our, our muscles to bulge, right? Those of us that have muscles that bulge. So I, I think the fact that it's prone to, uh, to narcissism or that the focus is on looking at the size of one's muscles, I, I think that's, um, that would be a little bit of a, of a deterrent, right? If we're walking into a place where everybody's so focused on how they look, um, I, I think that that's, that's probably problematic. And again, I, I realize what I'm talking about is probably more prevalent in bodybuilding specifically than powerlifting as a sport. I guess I'm talking about gym culture uh, more generally here. Yeah, I think you are, you're extrapolating a little and we'll, we'll do that because we're, we're maybe conflating some, uh, maybe two different things here. Um, powerlifting, uh, powerlifting bodies are certainly massive and, um, male and female, right? Uh, certainly massive, really large bodies by comparison with the rest of the population, but don't often fit the norm for physical beauty. Um, so that I, I don't want to overdo that, but I do like the way that you kind of qualified that where you said, you know, I'm, I'm talking about gym culture here. And uh, some would say that those mirrors are there so that you can work on your technique and the quality of your lift. But it's good to know why you are looking at the mirrors uh, <laughs> while you're in, <laughs> yeah. in the gym. That's excellent. Yeah, that's okay. Good to know that. And I do think that when we, um, when we put those things together, without a doubt, the, the, our physical appearance, how we, uh, we show ourselves uh, can be... Um, can be a moment where we're grateful and, and it's appropriately done. And, but it's on that slippery slope, right? Where, we, where we think about just the way we present ourselves. And, uh, there's plenty of examples in the Bible of, of that sort of narcissism taking over in a person's life. And so those would be, those are good, good qualifiers and good. Uh, it's a good reason to think that, that Jesus might stay away from that culture overall. Yeah. Okay, um, I, good. I, I went an entirely different direction. So uh, mine is is uh, it, much more functional. I think um, when we when we consider uh, the sport of powerlifting, I think of the actual lifts, uh, and I think of the lack of applicability of these lifts in any other circumstances or in many other circumstances. First of all, they're they're um, very specific to, to using both sides of the body. So, so often a squat, a bench press, a, a deadlift, it's um, very symmetrical. Um, and just not a lot of life works that way. Um, so what I always liked to watch when I was a kid was strongman competitions. And strongman competitions uh, were real life or more real life kinds of circumstances. Take this thing and throw it on the truck. Um, and there were, there were parts of me that really appreciated some of those, you know, pull this rope so that you can, you know, really reel something in. And those are more applicable to life. They require more core and activity. They require more, more integrated kinds of strength. They require balance. Uh, not that powerlifting doesn't require balance, but it's a very specific space. And so 
I just wonder, like the the end product of powerlifting is more powerlifting, and the end product of more functional kinds of strength building uh, makes you more versatile in kind of a service setting. I, I guess I would put it that way. That I, I just see the the really narrow forms, e- even as a coach. those forms of lifting, those narrow forms of lifting aren't really all that helpful for a lot of uh, other applications. They're only for this application. And so it, maybe it's lack of, uh, yeah, variation. Um, that, that to me, uh, was a reason maybe Jesus would not spend his time on it simply because it just didn't have enough application. So there you go. Yeah, right. So you've got me, you've got me wondering about the origins of some of the Olympic lifts. You know, where do those come from? I think that the, the squat seems a little bit more like, like you know, the squat is one of the of those lifts that you mentioned that maybe has like it's just kind of a natural movement for us, right? You squat down for something, and um, but some of those others just don't, right? So how do, how do we how do you come about like? Uh, coming up with with the the hang snatch as a as a as a movement, you know, how did that become a thing where you're, you know, where you're holding the bar, um, you know, along your your upper legs, uh, and then you all of a sudden have to pull it up over your head into this you know this pouch position where your your shoulders are are extended back, uh, and and your arms are up. Like, how does that? You know, there there isn't like you're not really modeling uh, other movements really so much as just as just moving weight up high. And you're doing so in an explosive way, but you know, that, that doesn't seem like you're right. There's just not a lot of applicability there. When would you ever do that outside of like, you know, if you're, if you're trying to carry, you know, a person out of a burning building or something like that, and you want to keep them away from the flames, I just, and even that's just the motion of holding them up as opposed to like, you know, you're rarely pulling. You're rarely symmetrical in those actions either, right? You're throwing something on one shoulder or you're throwing something on the other shoulder and the the rotation or anti-rotation happening in those moments are built around real life experiences, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to stabilize your body because all the weight's on one side or all the weight's on the other side. And it just seems that, uh, and we're showing our ignorance here, so we're probably going to they're going to let us know that we have not really studied the history of these sorts of things. But if you go to many sort of track and field sports, you can understand that they were, they came out of warfare, throwing the javelin, right? So those sorts of uh, sports that had um, some applicability, or you can even understand that somebody was trying to develop skills for something. And I, uh, especially just the, the symmetrical nature of these where both hands go over the head, um, it just doesn't, life doesn't work that way. We don't walk on a lot of even paths. We often, we just have to make a lot of adjustments in life. And those adjustments are uh, not typically um, done like evenly on both sides of the body. Uh, yeah. So that, that to me, it's just like, I'm wondering where, where do you go with this? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unique for, you know, development of strength though. It, it definitely, um, it is, and there's a there's a there's a health and injury prevention, uh, you know, rationale behind sure. the symmetry for all that, right? But yeah, the the applicability certainly certainly is strained at, at times. Yeah, boy, I, you know, there's I I, I got to plead some ignorance on this too. I mean, I, I certainly in my life have have lifted weights. Absolutely, I have. I would not say that I've ever been a power lifter. I do the Olympic lifts, and so I'm familiar with those. I feel like my technique is good, which is why I'm narcissistic when I look in the mirror because I it's good to know. trust yeah. in my yeah. technique. 
But, you know, I, I also think about lack of a, a direct applicability. When I do some of those lifts, I, I, um, I feel functionally more qualified or, or, or I feel better overall. My joints feel better, like I can do certain things. So there's a feel to it, sort of a holistic feel. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm also no longer in training for any particular sport or any particular, like any direct activity where, where I know this will benefit me. It's going to benefit me because it makes me feel better. It makes me feel like my joints are, are continuing to be, to have some vitality to them as I age. And so that, that's, that's maybe part of it. But, you know, other than that, you know, neither of us have, have done this. This is the first, the first sport we've talked about where really neither of us have ever played in any sort of, participated in any sort of organized event, right? I mean, well, I'm assuming you haven't done any powerlifting. I have not. And, uh, you know, we, we made the joke that our sport is your sport's punishment when we talked about running or something like yeah, that, yeah. right? So running is a part of a lot of sports. And weight training is a part of a lot of sports. But this particular weight training is for more weight training, right? So for you lift so that you can lift. And most people that engage in it are, are engaged in another sport, right? Or bodybuilding as well. So, um yeah, I, I think it's been fun to try to think of this application, um, but we're just going to have to say there are people that know it way better than us. But I will say that in some sense, I think we've really raised the bar. <laughs> and on that note, uh, we are going to get right on out of here. Thanks for listening, folks, uh, and stay tuned for the next riveting uh Sport Faith Life podcast. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Sport Faith Life podcast. Find previous episodes at sportfaithlife.com and on Apple Podcasts. We're releasing each episode with a blog post authored by our guests. So you can find the blog for this podcast and other posts at the same website, sportfaithlife.com.